he confessed to career-long drug use. He passed hundreds of drug tests. Hundreds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they caught him once. Once out of several hundred. Does anyone know percentages? Does anyone know how effective that test is? So, welcome everyone to another brand new Rubby Muscle podcast. I'm your host as always, TJ, and today uh, we've got something a little bit different for you. We are joined by the evil genius Broderick Chavez, uh, sports performance expert, um, biologist, chemist, evil genius, as I've said, is his main moniker as a consultant to IFBB pros, Olympians, and just general athletes all around the world. Broderick, how are you doing this morning? All is well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, this will be, I, I imagine, I know that you've actually grown in popularity over the last couple, couple of years, like quite astronomically, as it were. But uh, a lot of people listening to this will have never Despite heard of the best effort. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of people would have never heard of the evil genius himself. So um, I, I like a little quick brief background into how you quite like because your job and your, your your life is rather unique. So I want to know how you got into it. Uh, it, it's it's kind of kind of almost the other way around. I, I never got into it. I never more more the other way around. I never got out of it. Um, mm. I was just that rare and unique child that one day around five or six years old, I literally just decided what I wanted to do. Um, I was, I literally remember the moment as silly as it is. I was watching uh, uh, for people in the other, other parts of the world, this may not mean anything, but in the early seventies, there was this TV show called the wide world of sports. And it was um, like an amalgamation of like the last few months in sports, like all put mm. together into a, like a broadcast. And um I was a little kid. I got to see very, very little television. So television was a quite a, a, an event. So I would sit really intently and um, they showed a few minutes of footage from the 1972 world uh, Olympic lifting championships. Ken Patera, mm. Vasily Alexia, Serge Redding, a couple of names. And um, just a light bulb went off in my head. And I, I turned to the adults in the room and I said, lifting weights is a job you that you, you that can be your job and they kind of like oh well you know i guess and and it just from that moment on i was just like that's the coolest job that's ever been invented that's what i'm gonna do now admittedly i didn't do that but in my childlike mind i didn't really differentiate the varieties of lifting of weights um actually initially pursued bodybuilding as a child and a teenager um, was good enough. I, I, I've said at times I was a prodigy. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I, I was certainly good enough that I grabbed the eye of some very um, people with high moxie, people with a lot mm. of a lot of clout and a lot of um, influence, and they guided me really, really well. Um, both in terms of the actual act of lifting weights, the act of taking drugs. Um, which we'll probably come to more later, uh, you know, diet, nutrition, but also the act of becoming a fucking adult. Uh, and they impressed upon me, you know, the need for education and you know, redundancy plans and just kind of 
basically served as my parental guidance. And um, through them and others, I pursued you know university degree in biology and minor in chemistry. Through my exposure to university um, and my particular you know pre- predispositions for both mm-hmm. weight training and drugs and immersion, I wound up uh, heavily involved in coaching with the track and field units. Um, got my initial training coaching kind of chops in the track and field world later parlayed that into bodybuilding powerlifting strongman uh and then kind of and again this is kind of unique to the u.s sports have gone in um almost in in fashion or in cycles in the u.s there was a period when lacrosse was very very big and there was a period when hockey was very very big so I've kind of moved through the cycles. For instance, now we're in the MMA era. Everybody thinks they're an amateur MMA fighter. Um, whereas, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago, everybody thought they were an amateur boxer. So mm-hmm. it's it's been kind of cyclic. But because of that, I've gotten a very, very broad exposure to varying uh, demographics of athletes, you know, ranging from ultra marathon athletes to Olympic wrestlers to MMA fighters to bodybuilders. So it's been a really, really broad pantheon of athletes I've worked with. And I'm cu- and in, in terms of the autobiography, I'm cutting out huge swaths of things, but th- that's kind of the you basis of to. how I got to where I. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, you, you already named a few sports there that, you know, you wouldn't have thought that the drug guy would be in, would be interested in ultra marathon being one. I mean, obviously you would think that, but the, the, You'd be like, why is a testosterone guy like I've seen it actually because I've been looking at endurance, trying to learn from endurance athletes and stuff for my programming. And there's a lot of them that say, well, I don't know if actually uh, drugs would help you as a ultra marathon runner because what like it's all about mental toughness. So what what are they trying to get at? Well, here's the problem with that. First of all, that's just blatantly wrong, and (laughs) we'll come to that in a moment. But on top of that. there is there is a little bit of a misconception in the language there, um, mm-hmm. you know, like for instance, the global warming movement changed their name to climate change, and the reason was they really couldn't measure any global warming, but they knew they still had a movement, so they needed to come up with a name that kind of worked. So, in a marketing move, they moved it to climate change, and then if you say, "Well, do you believe in climate change?" you have to be honest. Go well. Yeah, climate's change. You know, North Africa used to be a rainforest. Now it's a desert. Apparently, climate's change. My point is this. The language has changed, and in this case, for the better. Originally, it used to be, oh, steroid use. Bodybuilders use steroid. Well, they do. But now it's PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs. And here's why that's relevant. There's loads of kinds of performance other than just making your bicep big, there's mm. neurological improvements. There's physio, you know, pharmacologically improving you know, uh, cellular energetics, pain tolerance, oxygen uh, utilization. So, not only are ultramarathon runners using testosterone for a number of reasons, but they could also be using cardiac drugs to improve mm-hmm. cardiac function. They could be using asthma drugs to improve oxygen utilization. There's loads and loads. They could be using opioids to to you know, uh, inhibit pain. Uh, there's loads of things they could be doing. Amphetamines. Just you know, just keep naming things, 
And even sometimes those are like weird drugs, like the random, you know, anti-diarrhea drug happens to have some weird little side effect that could be used for sports. So the, the concept of drug use now is such an enormous umbrella. Yeah. Is where I'm going with that. Absolutely. And so th- that would then begin to ask the question for me, at least people t- tend to sort of bash, you know, anabolic steroids in particular, because, you know, oh, it's not worth it. You're going to die before you're 50, et cetera. But now if we're looking at all these other different drugs, like anti-diarrhea, that seems like that's not a bad thing to not have diarrhea. Um, so at what point is it like still dangerous as a drug or is it just stopping someone from getting an advantage? Um, this is where, this is where I'm not going to be a very good guest. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the proper mind or temperament to explain to you why other people have demonized these things because I personally don't understand. I think okay. they're fools and imbeciles. I, I just think it's ridiculous. So yeah. I, I can't begin to explain to you why. I mean, I, I just don't have the mind for it. So my approach to all of this is your particular morals and ethics should be yours. And what you feel is acceptable should be determined by you. Mm-hmm. End of fucking story. <laughs> Full stop. No more. That's it. Yeah. And also, by the way, what you consider safety should be your own personal consideration. Right. Uh, You know, personally, I don't think riding a motorcycle is very safe and I don't do it, but millions of people worldwide do so. It's a very personal consideration. Personally, I don't think surfing is very safe. I'm not going to do it, but there's loads and loads of people that think it's the best thing ever. So my attitude is simply an analytical. You bring to me a problem and you say, I can't accomplish this. And then I get out my computer and my books and my knowledge, and I say, I think we have a drug for that. And then I go find it, and I say, here it is. This is the risk-reward ratio. This is what it will do for you, and this is what it will do to you. Where where, where are we at? Is it it a yes or no? And that's basically how I live my life and do my job. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's funny because what you're saying is like, yeah, we're discussing the safety of drugs, but we're discussing this in the frame of on the rugby muscle podcast. I don't know how safe it is to get 14 other guys that, are, you know, give or take hundred kilos to 80 kilos and run into each other for 80 minutes, nonstop as hard as you can. Um, football's the same thing actually. And, and they're both going through huge um, and, transitions. Right. And here's the funny part. And here's the funny part. We might be in the same there's a couple of sports, MMA being one, um, Tour de France, cycling is another, mm-hmm. where there's a very strong argument that the dr- the sport is actually safer under the influence of drugs mm-hmm. because the sport itself is so fucking egregious. Yeah. Especially at the top level. Yeah. I mean, riding a bicycle, you know, riding a bicycle 40 kilometers an hour up the side of a fucking mountain is not good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's it's funny because you're seeing it a lot with football. Um, 
I, I've seen it a lot now because the game's kind of changed, American football. And um, with rugby, mm-hmm. they're changing the games a lot now. Like, um, they're changing the rules to try and minimize, like, head impact with concussions. Um, yeah. But they're not addressing the size of the guys playing the sport in itself. And I'm like, surely that's the, the bigger issue at play here, especially at the top level. So probably, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly a huge part of it. Um, to some degree, it's also just the, you know, the genetic selection is such that not only are they big people, but now they're big, fast people. And mm-hmm. that's the real da- That's the real danger. Velocity is the, uh, is the evil. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think like that, yeah, as you say, you have, then you have these, genetic elites and then you've got these you know the traditional powers of of rugby you know and whatnot that are trying to keep up but it sounds like it would be really difficult without and and as you say maybe even less safe without some sort of potentially performance enhancing drugs for some people it would make it safer would that's my position i mean you know like all positions it should be arguable it should be debatable Mm -hmm. um you should like the self-righteous twats in wada and what have you where they're right and there's absolutely no ability to argue them it should be a dialogue and you should be able to have an opinion and my opinion is such that uh, i think it's certainly possible certainly reasonable to put that forward um i know i've heard a podcast from you before uh, just slate in wada so which is something that I didn't really know because I've, you know, played high level rugby before and I've been given the, the, the water test book. And, you know, you, then you get told this tragic story of a young guy who took a wrong supplement and, and that was it. Like, it seems like from the, the, the face value that they've got everyone's best interest at heart, but you, you seem to disagree with that. No, I don't think being self-righteous ever has anyone's <laughs> best interest in heart. I, I, I just, I sincerely don't. Um, none of their arguments really hold water. None of their arguments really, when you look at them rationally and critically, are valid. Um, you know, for instance, they say, well, we're, we're looking out for the health of the athletes. Mm-hmm. Well, then why are we doing drug tests? Why aren't we doing health screenings? Mm-hmm. More athletes die from aneurysms, strokes, um, you know, uh, you know, random things mm-hmm. that could be treated medically than die from steroids. Yeah. Since the official number of deaths from steroids is Dickola, <laughs> keep that in mind. There's a number of situations where steroids have been implicated, but that's different. Like, you know, you, you, you find a dead body on the floor. You could implicate the people in the house, but it doesn't mean that all of them killed it. Right. You see, so the, the, the actual one-to-one correlation between he took a steroid and then he died, that number's zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. I like, uh, do all of you out there, start Wikipedia and double-check me. Make sure I'm not misleading you. Would you say that that means, I mean, obviously that doesn't mean that uh, there isn't any sort of safety aspect to any performance enhancing drugs, right? Well, of course not. Drugs are drugs. If it's doing something, it has consequences. There's, there is no such thing as a safe drug. Paracetamol, ibuprofen, uh, you, you, anti, 
you know, diarrhea drugs. There's not a drug that you can find, you know, cough medicine. Um, there's nothing, no, no drug anywhere that doesn't have a side effect or, or in some cases, many. That doesn't mean that they're invalid tools. Automobiles have problems like, you know, fatalities from high speed accidents, mm-hmm. um, all, all sorts of that doesn't make them an invalid tool. It means proceed with caution. That's right. all it means. Same same with rugby. It doesn't mean it's an invalid just because people colliding into each other. It doesn't mean, oh my God, this is unsafe. We have to avoid it, I guess. It's Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the, the comedy, this is the comedy. Um, and I, I, I point this out all the time. The, the American Medical Association um, is a plethora, an absolute bevy of stupidity. More, if you look at their statistics, more people die in the act of having sex than the act of taking steroids. <laughs> so I think WADA should outlaw sex. <laughs> I hope they don't. <laughs> but it's right up it's right up their self-righteous indignant alley. That's exactly the sort of thing they would do. Yeah. Um okay, so as we're saying that it you know, obviously there is a, a safety line then with using substances like this. Um they have especially you know, testosterone, steroids, whatnot, they have probably the worst of all of them. Uh, in terms of like people's health, you know, they they look at people that take steroids and they're like, oh, you're going to die early for sure. Where does this reputation of um, testosterone and steroids being inherently terrible uh, come from? And is it just because of like people have it? Because it's it's one of those things like with any drug that if it's illegal and hard to obtain, then the, your sources of information are going to be either shit or you know very hard to obtain as well. Well, here's the one place where I actually have a little bit of an opinion because I actually lived through the era. I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. So my formative you know, era of, uh, in association with steroids was the late 70s and early 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, the current president of the United States, Joe Biden, is almost exclusively single-handedly responsible for the illegality of steroids in the United States. And mm, this is an opinion. You're welcome to disagree with it. But my opinion is that he was a shitty athlete. He could not fuck a cheerleader, and therefore they had to go. <laughs> um, all right. So, but there's been people like I, I watched uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, I believe it is. And they say, you know, there's, okay. there's um, people talking about, you know, the depressive depressive side of things or the addictive side of things. Could you talk to that at least to, to get started on that? Well, once again, I'm a bit pragmatic when it comes to that. Right. Is it the drug or is it the person? Is that the same person that would wind up addicted to gambling or porn or, you know, heroin mm. probably. Yeah. It's just a matter of picking the poison. Most of those sorts of things, and I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist, nor am I even qualified to have an opinion on the topic. But my observation over almost 40 years of doing this is that's the person, not the drug. That person would have a problem with some drug if it wasn't steroids. So, again, I don't really weigh in on that particularly. Um, 
I can weigh in on the health risks associated with steroids. And it's not nearly as awful or scary as people want you to believe. Tend to lean toward elevations in blood pressure, tend to lean toward uh, a negative impact on blood lipid profile. But the most serious and egregious effect of steroids is they work. (laughs) And by that, I mean, they tend to raise lean muscle mass. They make you heavier and larger. And anyone who's ever had a pet should know that the larger the dog, the larger the cat, the larger the you know pet hippopotamus, whatever the fuck you have, the bigger the animal, the shorter the lifespan. Mm-hmm. Mass is the number one indicator of mortality. So you're taking a group of drugs for the purpose of getting bigger. That means you are technically taking them for the purpose of shortening your life. Now, probably not by a lot, but probably. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things when people tell me, uh, people love to shit on them. What's it? What's the BMR? BMI. People yeah. people tend to shit on BMI, yeah. and they you know, oh well, it doesn't measure muscle. But I'm like, yeah, but it's not about that. If you're a bigger person, your organs and your heart and everything yeah. is still working harder, right? And that's not a good thing. Yeah, right. If you have a pickup truck and you fill the back with, you know you know, manure or bricks, it, it's not one's more noble than the other. It's just heavy and it's weighing down on the fucking truck. Yeah. It, it's, that's a silly, silly argument. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the biggest risk factor of this, you see a lot of, it's a good sort of transition to talk about people that take on uh, TRT with the, the opposite. They, they, they take TRT because they think that that's going to extend out their life and make them live longer and healthier because their testosterone is tanked for whatever reason. Is that true? How does that work? I'm I'm going to, I'm going to speak over you for a minute because I actually started this with the analogy of the, the, the example of going from global warming to climate change. They did exactly the same thing with testosterone. (laughs) No, no, hear me out. Those curmudgeon, shitty old men from the that were, you know, my age in the 70s are now 70 and 80 years old. And now their little floppy liberal peckers won't work. And so they want testosterone. So instead of starting testosterone clinics, because, oh, my God, that would be horrible. They started longevity clinics. Oh, it sounds so low. We're going to make our old people live forever. It's, it's not steroid use. It's <laughs> longevity. Just changing the name to get away with whatever the fuck you want. A bunch of hypocrites. But is there not some science behind, you know, once you get past, is it 35 or something? You tend to, your testosterone tends to drop and maybe pulling it back up helps life? Or does it just help you? Well, oh, oh, see, see, you, you, see, you let the cat out of the bag. Does it help your quality of life? Absolutely. Does it help your quantity of life? Absolutely not. Okay. There's a difference. If you want to have boners into your 70s, yes, you need testosterone. If you want to live the way nature intended, you don't need boners in your 70s. You're not supposed to be making babies. Yeah, but that's boring. That's how nature works. Keep in mind, you're talking to a biologist. Just yeah. because I don't like the answer doesn't mean it's not the answer. Mm-hmm. If you have a farm, you don't breed your prize, you know, your best animal with the oldest, shittiest one in the fleet, you use the young stud. That's how nature works. 
Okay. So TRT is basically just clever marketing. I believe so. Okay. And it's that down now also, let's be fair. And I don't want to misspeak. I want to lead everyone completely to the honesty. That doesn't mean I don't do it. I absolutely do. Right. But I'm not under some deluded belief that I'm going to live forever. I'm under the deluded belief that I'm going to be awesome while I'm here. Right. It's the same thing as, well, it's, it's like any drug in general, right? It, you take it with, um, like, yeah, there's always going to be some, um, you know, give or take with it. You know, there's nothing without any, there's no free lunch or anything like that. And so no. a lot of people would like that trade, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. I'll gladly trade, I'll gladly trade, you know, adult diaper, you know, broken hip, bumbling around a house, not knowing who I am. I'll trade that over, you know, give that, I'll give all of that up. If I can have a 400 pound bench press in my fifties, ridiculous. <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's not even a question. And I would assume that this would be like, again, we didn't really touch on the risks or we, I guess we touched on the total risks of actual, uh, the drugs themselves, but I imagine the risk as well with getting into the PED sort of realm is that because they're so difficult to sort of get hold of that the sources tend to be potentially shitty. Um, and the application information tends to be shitty, which would then lead to more like that would be, it's the same like any like I'm I'm some one of a, sort of a person that thinks that every sort of drug in the world should be legal because then at least everyone's given the right way to take it and then the choice to not take it. Um. Yeah. I again. I I don't really bore myself or or bother myself with such, you know, philanthropic philosophical arguments. Right. <laughs> I, I, my, my interests don't extend that far. Like. I just have zero interest in cannabis or okay. You know, so have you but have you seen? Um, okay, but have you seen people who have had negative side effects and, and real negative health consequences from either number one, just a really bad source of drug, which is not the drug on the label, which I've seen could be a common problem, or number two, um, complete misapplication and, and misinformation, and which is the a, a bigger problem? I've seen I've seen both of those. Although in the United States, that first one is a lot less common than you might think, um, with an exception. Now, I have seen people fail drug tests because of, if not mislabeling, let's say cross contamination. Mm. Certain varieties of steroids are very easily detected. If there happens to be even a molecule of crossover, you can mm. be caught for something that in a sense you almost didn't do, although you did something, you know, so I've seen that for sure. And then I've, I've, of course, I've seen people, you know, I mean, there's always the idiot that just doesn't understand like the metric system and they're confused between, you know, micrograms and milligrams. And they wind up taking, you know, 100 Jesus. times the amount of drug they're supposed to. Obviously that's going to create an enormous problem. I have definitely seen that. Um, I think the most I think the most horrific trip to the emergency room I ever saw was even dumber than that. Um, someone bought black market, and I won't give away who, but it, it's it's actually someone famous um, bought black market clenbuterol and Cialis, and wrote on the label they bought them at two different times, and just wrote a big C for clenbuterol and then later a big C for Cialis oh, no. and then, took, and then took one thinking it was the other. And, uh, 
had a very, very exciting evening in the emergency room oh. with a, a near a near death experience of erection. So um, I, that's kind of the, the sort of things I've seen. Jesus, <laughs> that is <laughs> okay. Um, another thing I've seen grow massively in popularity uh, in the UK, actually, and in the US, pretty much. I think because of the internet is Psalms. Um, we're told that they actually yeah. might be safer. They might be more effective, whatnot. Uh, could you speak to that for a little bit? Is, is that the truth or what is it really like? No, <laughs> no, um, not, not, not even sort of, um, first of all, not addressing SARMs momentarily. Think about this mm-hmm. anabolic steroids at this point, testosterone, and anabolic steroids. And I do always make a differentiation because they're not the same thing. But testosterone was first artificially synthesized. That's the key word because it was naturally harvested as early as the 1880s. Yes, I said that correctly. 1880s. Okay. It was artificially synthesized. There's a little bit of an argument. 1933, 1935, the Nobel Prize was given out for that in 1935. So let's use that, although there is a strong argument that someone actually did it in 1933. My point is we are rapidly approaching 100 years of technology associated with testosterone and the derivative steroids. Mm-hmm. It's 100-year-old technology. You. Think of any other 100-year-old technology. It's really well understood. There's not a lot of mystery with 100-year-old technology. Okay? Yeah. Hi, guys. I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right. A macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 50 free conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Storm are relatively new. They're 20-ish years old. So we're trying to compare the safety and efficacy and understanding of something that's literally five times newer. Right. So right out of the gate, you, from a scientific perspective, you can't compare them. They're, they're incomparable, quite literally, by definition. Having said that, the research in the, the legitimate medical research in no way argues that they are safer. It in no way argues that they are more effective. What it argues is that it's an opportunity to get a drug to do some of the same things steroids do from an entirely different molecule. They are not steroids. For instance, Opioids are very well understood, but all opioids start with that opioid molecule. And then they're, you know, you make this one or that one, you make Demerol or Vicodin, but it started as opium. Mm -hmm. 
all steroids follow that same. It starts at testosterone, and then you can make this one or that one. It just so happens that paracetamol also mildly treats pain in an entirely different way than opium. That's what we have with SARMs. They are not steroids. They're an entirely different molecule that happens to instigate some of the same effects. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right out of the gate, there's no argument that they're safer or better. They're different. Right. Then secondly, you have to look at the goal. What was the purpose? Why did science go to the effort of spending the money? And that's the key word. Whenever money's involved, Somebody had to want to do it. Nobody accidentally spends money. So money was organized and allotted to the research of this. Why? It was because the thinking is because it is a different molecule. Testosterone is in nature meant for the transformation from an androgynous prepubescent to a man. Androgen, which is what testosterone falls under medically, literally is Greek for that which makes male. Mm -hmm. So testosterone and the derivative steroids have a masculinizing characteristic. It's unavoidable. The thinking was by starting with this SARMI base molecule, we might be able to skirt that masculinization. We might be able to build some muscle without making males because that's bad for i don't know women and children okay mm-hmm. completely reasonable completely rational however think about this and i don't mean to be sexist because there are extraordinary female athletes on this planet i'm very you know familiar with many but in a general sense sports especially combat sports especially you know rugby, football, those sorts of, I, mm-hmm. I put them in almost combat sports yeah. arenas. They have a certain, if not masculine, let's call it alpha characteristic. You got to be reasonably aggressive. Don't want to bash your head into another human being while carrying a ball. To extract the maleness from that might, I don't know, extract the sport from that. Right. Oh, how about that? that? It's amazing what logic will do when you take the moment to apply it. Yeah. And so you would say like that would even be a positive side effect or a positive effect of taking steroids and that sort of family would be that they could enhance the the aggression that a player might need or something like that, or an athlete might need. Well, I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely would make that argument, although I need to even caution you there. Um, you're, you're falling into a little bit of the indoctrination of language. Um, okay. There is no such thing as side effects. For yeah. instance, consider this. I'm, I'm always good at talking about something else. But think about this. You later today will go outside in your yard or go outside in the neighborhood, and you'll look around and you'll see pretty plants and ugly weeds. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing. God didn't come to earth and say, these shall be plants and these shall be weeds. It's people's opinion. They like these because they smell nice or they look nice or they do something nice. And they don't like these because they're prickly and ugly. They're just fucking plants. My point is this. There is no such thing as a side effect with a drug. There's desirable effects 
and indesirable effects, but it's still what the drug does. Okay. Yeah. Which actually leads me going to circle back to Psalms was one of the things people say about Psalms is that the good thing is that it doesn't shut down your, uh, your natural production of testosterone. Supposedly. Well, it turns out that's wrong. It turns <laughs> yeah. out that no, it really does. And that's a very, that's unfortunate because we all did have our hopes on that, but okay. it, it turns out that that's. So would that even make it even like less effective than your steroids? Because at least if you're taking the steroids and you're still getting testosterone via the steroids themselves, is that right? Correct. Or wrong? Okay. So, cause you don't no, need to re- more, really, it really more or less is it more or less is correct. Um, there is a very narrow demographic of people that might get some, I almost said athletic benefit, but let, let's call it cosmetic benefit mm-hmm. from SARM. But it's, it's a very narrow segment of people. It's yeah. not significant enough to even hold a conversation about. Right, yeah. I mean, from this, we've, we've already gathered, it doesn't do the thing as well. It has all the negative side effects that you would take, and it doesn't, like, and it's less researched in terms of safety and efficacy as well. Correct. Okay. Absolutely correct. Then I'm probably asking the wrong person as I ask this, but why is it so popular then? Why is it because it's just easy to access and it's that, that gray area of legality? A, a number of reasons ranging from exactly access and not yet falling under legislation and also marketing. Um, I suspect if steroids were newly invented now, they would be the miracle drug and it, you know, the internet would be a buzz and, you know, they would be as or more popular than SARMs. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think it's kind of a combination of things, including just the, the moment in time, the public is extra receptive to, you know, anything that might make their life easier. And it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. And steroids is already, that ship's already sailed to try and make that the the nice guy or whatever, right? Um, well, I, I guess not with TRT, right, as you just said. Um, okay, so um, that, that seems to have completely derailed that argument of Psalms. I guess people are just, you know, it's one of those things, and I think this is the same thing when people look at steroids, is you, you hear people say, like, oh, I don't want to take steroids because that's just seen as a shortcut. Um, is that is that's that, a is really that... goofy argument that that's a really goofy argument um because and i think this stems from the fact that people don't have a particularly strong grasp on reality okay um in that you know oh it, it's a shortcut how can there be a shortcut to impossible <laughs> it's a sh- shortcut that, to that, destination that, 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 that doesn't exist argument. yeah right w- without steroids there would be zero 600 pound bench presses on earth. No human ever has been given the genetics to do that without drugs. Okay. So how do you, how is there a shortcut to impossibility? That's, it's a ludicrous argument. Um, well, I've heard the argument and it's all, it's all, it's often done by people that I guess you're different because as you said at the beginning of the podcast, you had a educational process of this, um, like this side of things. And, most young guys don't do that. They actually do do it. Maybe not because they want a shortcut, but because they think it's the only way or it's, I don't know. They just haven't paid well, their dues and they're 19 or 20. Yeah. yeah. At that age. I mean, in a sense, you could make the argument that it is the only way, because like I said, there's no shortcut to impossibility. 
you know, again, think about this. I personally have zero interest in it and, and I'm only vaguely aware of it, but there apparently is such a thing as natural bodybuilding. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's use it as an interesting example. People that dedicate all of their time, all of their effort, all of their everything to you know, lifting weights and pursuing bodybuilding without drugs. Mm -hmm. The biggest one on earth, the biggest natural bodybuilder on planet earth, a shade over a hundred kilos. Yeah. 220, 230 pounds. Okay. <laughs> I'll look at professional bodybuilding. The fucking wee tiniest professional bodybuilder is fucking bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Coincidence? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to have someone that's 230 pounds, completely shredded naturally is that that's also one in a million the argument there would be though from oh, people correct, correct. or more than one in a million right there's seven billion people on earth there's five of them yes yeah. you're, you're absolutely correct in that state although you'd get the argument that you know if you're a good athlete and you have those sort of genetics you're probably picking a sport a little bit more lucrative and you know better than natural bodybuilding Right. So that you hear this with the NFL and stuff that you say, well, it's not that, 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 you know, when you'll hear an argument with one side that says, oh, they're all on PEDs and you hear another argument that says, well, no, they're just a genetic elite. Um, what side of that argument would you be on? Um, I, I would both. say quite literally it's both. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, two, two, one doesn't exclude the other in, in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. yeah, fair enough. Um, then the other argument you hear, and this is one I hear a lot about uh, rugby, and one that I, I would tend to make even with my job as strength and conditioning for rugby players is rugby is a primarily a skill and a tactics-based sport as well as a collision sport. It, those elements are just as big. So they would say, well, I don't really think steroids would do you any good in this sport. Um, I mean, where are we at with Again, that? Again, that's kind of a... That's kind of, a, again, a very silly argument. Um, think about this. And again, people just lack that. I said, think about this. That's the part where most people just kind of fall off the bicycle and, you know, <laughs> skin their knee and cry. So, you know, anything that requires thinking is, you know, it's like annoying and tiring and they don't want to do it. But mm -hmm. momentarily, you know, hike up your drawers and think about this. Okay. What is the major difference between a 10-year-old boy and a 20-year-old man? Size. Okay, yeah, size, muscle, deeper voice, you mm. know, erections. You can name a lot of stuff. Puberty, Every yeah. single one of those things you can name is the product of testosterone. Fucking testosterone. So apparently, testosterone in some way aids in the you throw like a girl to you throw like a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. So if it could take an androgynous blank template that is a child and turn it into a man, it's completely reasonable. I mean, just not beyond the imagination to say if you gave more to a man, it might do more of that. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That, that's <laughs> what you call logic. And it hurts. Oh, it's painful. Right now, there's loads of people just holding their hands right now. Like, that stings a little bit. I don't like that. <laughs> um, okay. Then another one I hear is, um, and this is one I've – actually, I've seen it as well. You see guys that 
take steroids or they'll take, you know, it will be steroids as for this, definitely for this example. And it will make them a worse player that, um, you know, they'll put on size and then they'll be just be worse. And they'll, they'll blame the steroids because they say, Oh, well, the steroids made me lose my conditioning. I couldn't run as well, etc. Like, is that a thing? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. But that I, that's not the fault of the drugs. That's fault of the, execution of the overall training regime you know know, again let's not use my opinion let's use i don't know historical fact lance armstrong confessed to using testosterone (laughs) lance armstrong was not overly muscular and he was kind of good at that whole cardio thing like just kind of i mean marginally (laughs) you know right so I'm going to say that that's, you know, somebody who bought a gun, shot themselves in the foot and then said, God damn it. Guns are, guns are terrible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, it's um, actually, I will, ha- I do have to say that Lance Armstrong, that guy, he, he broke my heart when he confessed to all that. Cause I read the books and I was like, this guy is the most wholesome guy. And, and then, but then that begins to open up your eyes as to what is shitty and what is, you know, if you look at the tour de France over the years, it's just, I think, what you have to get to like 19th place or something to find someone that's, well, maybe they probably still have t- taken something, but they just didn't pop on a test. It's, it is kind yeah, of ridiculous. Yeah, it's just absolutely silly. It, but, the whole, <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's, there's so, I, I could lament on the topic forever, but I, there's just, there's just no coherence to any of the arguments whatsoever. Um, in, including, you know, to some degree, even including the, um, you're like, we, we need to make the, you hear this as an argument a lot. Well, if, if it's not to protect the athletes, it's to make it a level playing field. I hear that one all the time, a level playing field. And yeah. I will remind anyone who wants a level playing field that I'm 164 centimeters tall. Um, so every morning when I get up and I make breakfast, I being 164 centimeters, cannot reach the implements on the top shelf. And my wife, who is 185 centimeters, will come and get (laughs) it for me and hand it to me. There is no level playing field. Right. Yeah, I I see it when I do jujitsu. People people say, I'll stop using your strength. And I'll say, well, you stop using your speed because you're you're smaller. You can move faster. That's not fair. Like, I wouldn't say the same thing. Right. That's like saying, yes, stop using your right hand. Like, it's ridiculous. It's it. There is no such thing as a level playing field. That's literally the the, the defining concept of humanity. We're not, you know, carbon copy templates. So if, there's just no coherence to their arguments whatsoever. And, and you see that with rugby, if you look into it, where you've got this group of island, the Pacific Islanders, who, who are extremely genetically blessed, and the rest of the rugby world just wants to take advantage of those without letting them stand out and be the best players that they are. Like, you know, there's, they have the academies now, French academies are getting set up over there and stuff because they have the genetics. And it's like, I thought you were trying to make this a level playing field. This isn't, this isn't fair. Right. Um, Exactly. It's, it's just, there's no coherence to the arguments whatsoever, you know, so could, you know, Anabolic steroids or any other number of drugs make an athlete better? Of course. Could they make an athlete worse? Of course. Mm-hmm. But in that same breath, 
you know, that same athlete could gain weight via, you know, body fat and get, you know, so now are you saying, well, uh, donuts were just as bad for me as, as steroids, you know, they, they, they impacted my game just as negatively. Like, it's just, it's just a ridiculous argument. It's the same argument that people make when they just say that generically, when they just throw out, oh, well, you don't want to put on muscle because muscle will make you slow. And obviously that's been debunked. So you would take, take that one step further. Yeah. Right? That, that's just a, a, a goofy argument too. Okay. Um, you know, so th- there's just really no, no version of this that makes sense. It's like any other tool. It's like buying a gun. You need a certain amount of education and skill when wielding it. And if you wield it poorly, the outcome will probably not be as good as you hope. But that, that's a very reasonable approach to pretty much everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then another one I got, or a question I got asked to, to throw you away was about when um, you, you see it a lot. South, South Africa has this uh, big school festival known as Craven Week um, where they okay. suspect that this is becoming a big problem. And I'm seeing it a little bit in other schools and stuff where you get to a – uh, you know, you get the, the players that are in the top end of school. So they're probably what, 16 to 18, maybe, well, they're under 20 and they're um, suspected of taking a lot of performance enhancing drugs. But then once they make the professional ranks, they're then not exposed. I mean, they're exposed to all of the testing and all of this. So would they have been caught or would they have then gone down in performance because they stopped taking the drug or how does that work? Cause I, you know, I hear that once you stop taking it, you come off, then you lose all your gains because you just can't keep it up naturally. Is that is that how it works? Well, you're it is, but your your initial premise is predicated on the idea that drug testing actually works. And since it doesn't, that's an utterly false question. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, so then let's talk about the drug testing because uh, I see it actually. Just so I looked up before we uh, before we recorded this was um, that the vast majority of UK anti-doping test failures primarily come from rugby and they primarily come from amateur to semi-professional rugby rather than professional rugby. Mm-hmm. Is that because Correct. the, I'm, I, I know I'm throwing philosophical questions that aren't the, the, your forte, but is that because we're probably seeing a lot of recreational bodybuilders and stuff that also play rugby in their spare time? Or is it because the pros avoid the tests better? No, it's it's actually probably something more almost apropos than that. It's the weeding out process. Most athletes use drugs to fill their genetic gaps. Right. So if you're not genetically ad- uh, comparable to your peers, right. you need more drugs. Therefore, you become more, um, uh, you know, testable. Yes. So most of the people that are being caught are not, you know, they're they're the more egregious drug users by necessity. Okay. And then therefore, and they're so the ones they're that get filtered tested. out by virtue of failure, leaving the elite who can get away with less drugs. Plus, now they have more money and more organization. So they're even less likely to be detected. Let's remember this again, talking about drug testing. Let's remember this. We brought up Lance Armstrong. He confessed to career long drug use. He passed hundreds of drug tests 
hundreds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they caught him once, once out of several hundred. Does anyone know percentages? Does anyone know how effective that test is? I mean, zero. <laughs> yeah, you know, in in right, correct. In practical terms, it's zero percent effective. Yeah. In hard numbers, it's something like point zero zero five percent effective. That's... Now, admittedly, that's one example, but it's kind of an obvious example. It it it, it kind of is an example. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting because I distinctly remember when I was playing for Poland and I had to take a, um, a, 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 a piss test. And I remember being so, so afraid, even though I'd done nothing wrong, you know, I was like, uh, you know, taking maybe creatine and <laughs> I done nothing wrong. And I was so afraid in case I got trace amount of something in something or whatever, you know? Um, but so, because that would have me believe like from the pamphlets I read and stuff that even if you have a trace amount of, something in a supplement or a tainted supplement. Is that just BS then? Is there not the tainted supplement? That's just what people use to skip out of a, a, a willful admission. You know, that that's one of those where you're now you're asking my opinion. So I will offer my opinion. I, like I, opinion. I have nothing tangible because how could yeah. you? The reality is I understand chemistry sufficiently that I could say there's a vague possibility of that in some certain special, very unique situations. It's not inconceivable, but in reality, it's an excuse like so many other things. The, yeah. the, the magical coincidence that would need to come together to make that a real thing. Boy, that's again, it's not the, the, the potential is not zero, but it might as well be. Yeah, because I was thinking like a lot of the you know in retrospect, I look, you look back and I think, well, some of these people that claim that it was a it was a um, a supplement or something, and they're testing positive for something that you have to inject. So, how, how does that work? Is that possible? No, no, not <laughs> not not really. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So you mentioned really quickly. I don't want to take too much more of your time. So we'll we'll finish on this. I guess that like. You said about how the professionals have more access to, um, you know, they have more, they have more money, they have more resources. Is this just ways that they can use to pass tests, or is it like, is it that they get different drugs, or is it that they get a heads up? Because I know that you know, if you've watched Icarus, there's a whole systematic, okay, all of the above, and that all can just above. mean that um, they're just less likely to pop for a test, or even. Like I was thinking about this in in terms of a philosophical argument that like a lot of these sports, if they really tightened up their act and water became really effective, it's not a good look to have everyone in your sport test positive for drugs. I mean, take cycling, for example. Well, well it's even it's even worse than that. I mean, to answer your first question, it's all of those things and many more. Okay. There are drugs that everyone else is unaware of. There's drug strategies that everyone else is unaware of. Um, you know, there is definitely corruption within the testing organizations. Um, you know, there's loads of stories of people having twin brothers and sisters that take the tests for them, all, all sorts of things. Um, so absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, Christ, I, I jumped to jumped terms of where, where you asked something and I just lost my, my mind. Cause I was, um, I was just, no, that was the question. I, I think, um, about how, how the, what the money of the guys 
sort of leads towards in terms oh, of how they avoid the tests. I mean, that's why you have a job, right? Is that is that what you do? Is help people avoid tests as well as? It, it's certainly a large portion of what I do. Um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, you're talking about you know, oh, it's a bad look for people to fail. Oh, the drug yes. Test. There we go. That's absolutely accurate. But also consider this: if if you think of it in a sense, pro sports is essentially sports plus drugs. If you remove drugs from pro sports, it's now just intramural sports or scholastic sports, which doesn't warrant the interest or the money. And suddenly the entire thing evaporates. It just falls like a like a house of cards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's imagine imagine this. It's an example that's kind of weird, but yet it works. Why do people watch pro wrestling? There's a certain amount of people that I suppose watch it, you know, because of the drama. And there's probably a small people that watch it because it fulfills some weird gay fetish. But most people watch it because it's fantastical. You uh-huh. can't you can't see seven foot tall people flipping through the air and landing in a pile, and you watch it because it's amazing and fantastical. Mm. If those people just look like your coworkers. You know, and, the, the, you know, the women were, you know, small chested and had flat asses and craggy faces and the men had pot bellies. You wouldn't fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. But it, it, this is the things people don't understand or, 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 or seemingly ignore if they do understand it. Like, they, you know, they, they have this two faced of like, I don't want drugs in sports. Ooh, look, fake titties. It's <laughs> Yeah, um, it's There's just zero coherence. Yeah, and then the, it's funny because the same people are the same people that are testing. So they want the sport to be popular, but they also want to. It's it, it, so is it all just window window dressing as far as you're concerned? Mostly, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's like anything else. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of a bureaucracy to create mm. more bureaucracy? I mean, think about that. What, yeah. what job, what purpose would a self-righteous, unathletic, indignant twat serve? What what job could they possibly do? <laughs> That's the only thing in the universe they can actually do. Okay. Interest. <laughs> it, it literally created a niche for worthless humanity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyone that is less genetically blessed that wants to achieve that level is also, you know, that they're, they're sort of hold, trying to hold them back to, because there would be, they would be the sure, people that would pop. See my example of Joe Biden. He was a crappy <laughs> athlete and couldn't fuck a cheerleader. So nobody can have steroids ever. <laughs> Everyone needs to be as pathetic as him. <laughs> uh, well, brother, this has been super interesting. Um, I, I do have three quick questions. Um, the first of which I'm not sure if it's quick because it's again, kind of asking to dig a little bit deeper, but it's uh, by asking it to everyone. It's what does, um, what does your field, you know, performance enhancing drug look like in 20 years time? What do you want it to look like? I'll give you two answers. Yeah. I'll give you two answers because I think it deserves two answers. There's what I actually believe will happen. And that is, more 
different drugs and it'll just continue expanding like, uh, you know, like, like uh, some sort of, you know, untenable structure that will eventually tip over. That's what I think will happen. Mm-hmm. What I want to happen, what I hope will happen and probably won't be in that 20 year time frame, but I hope that genetic engineering becomes sufficiently savvy that these attributes can be added to the human genome rather than being layered on like computer patches that we can actually change the core programming and make a better program. Jeez. Then where does sport go from there? Who knows? I mean, again, how do you know? Then that's why it's interesting and exciting to me. I like that thought of, you know, I am the, I am, I'm of the age where I grew up with a hopeful, interesting Star Trek. The idea was we'll go out into the unknown and we'll learn some new shit. Mm -hmm. That that's where my, that's where my formation was in that it's exciting and it's new and it's, it's interesting, not, Oh, it's horrible and scary. And it might be better than me. So I don't want to be part of it. no, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um, what is one, what's one song that everyone needs on their training playlist? I'm super interested to find this one out from you. Funny you say that. Um, I am of the opinion that you should put your headphones on, but nothing in them. Oh, um, this, that's the, I thought that's what you were going to something like that. If you are actually paying attention to what you're doing, then you're not actually paying attention to music in your fucking head. Um, mm. I, I sincerely believe that. Yeah, I had um, Kia, who's was um, used to train um, university at, uh, sport athletes um, a few a uh, couple of years back, and he was saying that there's a lot of warfare where they'll send up hype uh, videos of each other in the gyms and stuff. And he said his biggest thing was just to put on the most pansiest music that you could and have your athletes still perform awesome because that's more terrifying than you know people doing it like listen to really aggressive music and get themselves hyped same 100%. thing yeah I, okay um and then finally how can listeners get in touch follow you find out more information about you and what you do ah uh, they really can't i'm, a, I'm an <laughs> enigma come on they they need to find they, 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 they would rather go to you because otherwise they're left to find subreddits or whatever it is about psalms and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I actually have a members website. Uh, people can find that at members.teamevilgsp.com. Um, I have the wrong shirt on, normally right, plastered across there, but everything I have uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that nonsense is teamevilgsp.com or teamevilgsp. So, members website, it's uh, like 15 bucks US a month. Mm-hmm. A, a staggering amount of information on PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, etc. Um, awesome. So. Yeah, people go go ahead and do some learning if that's something that you want to get interested in. Because again, as we've sort of said, this is if is it's not something that you should be taking lightly or doing on a whim. Right? Oh, of course not. No, okay. absolutely not. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I, I really think the guys here will have got a lot of benefit from this. All right, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. 
All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class shank condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.